It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Good morning and welcome to a brand new day. It is another scorcher this weekend, and we have the possibility, uh, possibility that is, uh, for the next three days, really, to get to the century mark. We'll be close tomorrow, Sunday, and then uh, likely to hit it Tuesday. Monday, they tell us it'll be uh, just short of the uh, triple digits. So whatever you've got planned this weekend, make sure you get out and hydrate. But maybe heading to the higher country is the better idea to trim some temperatures uh, just a little bit. Some uh, some of those temperatures out there that are really going to be scorchers. We'll keep an eye on that for you here on KSL Outdoors Radio. Nice to have you, though. Tim Hughes in the studios in downtown Salt Lake City. Russ Smith not with us this week. Uh, we're recording this program on Thursday, and it's cloudy out there. We had a just a slight brush of uh, rain today, and I'll bet that's been the case up at camp where uh, Navidowskis is joining me this morning. Mike Navidowskis, how are things? Uh, we love it. I love that cool rain, cools things down. So if you can't if you can't change your altitude, you can also change your latitude. Heading north is as good as heading up. I thought you were going to tell us change your attitude instead of your altitude. That would have been good too. No, my attitude's always fluid. You know who I am. My attitude's right on the money every yeah. time. We had a, a great afternoon up there on the 4th of July just uh, sitting around, and temperatures were 10 to 12 degrees cooler than they were down in the valley. So you get that every day these days in retirement. Yep, yep. The shade here really is shade. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, coming up on the show today, looking forward to talking bats. I We were scheduled, actually, to talk with Scott Root, and I was looking forward to it because we usually end up talking about other things as well. But the um, event that we were going to promote actually got sold out ahead of time, which I guess is a good sign for the Division of Wildlife Resources. So uh, rather than talk with Scott this morning, we're going to be talking with one of their sensitive species biologists, Sean, and I believe the last name is pronounced Platus. Uh, we'll find out when he joins us at the top of the next hour, but we'll be talking bats. Good little uh, road tripping with the boys, Mark and Bob. They'll be joining us in the next hour. Roger Eggett, of course, will also be here. I'm assuming you have some fish bites for us. Yeah, I'll have some fish bites. But, yeah, don't forget the bats. They're a really important part of our ecosystem. They get a bad rap because of the vampire and the rabies thing. But mostly they're just, they you know, they eat insects we don't like. Well, we've got uh, more than our share of mosquitoes this year. I know you've been experiencing that up there, but yeah. we've had reports that uh, it's been bad in some places. Well, we got a lot of standing water, so it was impossible to abate that kind of a level of water with, with the mo- mosquitoes we got. Yeah. Well, I bring up I bring up mosquitoes because bats are actually good at helping to control that population as well. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Don't don't belittle the bats. They yeah. have a place. Hey, uh, we've got some time here in Russ's absence to chat about what you've got coming up next week. This is going to be quite an adventure, and I guess I didn't realize in the beginning when you told me about it how tough this draw is to get a float down the middle fork. Yeah, um, my son calculated at 1 in 10,000, I think it was. Wow. Yeah. Well, you you maybe could get better odds if you're on the shoulders, like early in the year, at the end of the year. But to be in July floating the middle fork in the salmon, it was a great get. 
This is uh, middle of nowhere. I mean, this is wilderness area, so walk our listeners through it. I'm hoping you're planning on taking a satellite phone and coordinating with Russ to make that happen. But walk us through the logistics of just getting there. Well, um, yeah, it is one of the true wilderness regions in our country. It's one of the rare ones. It's one of the most exclusive ones. It's seven hours to the put-in and then seven hours to the pull-out from Salt Lake. And it's six hours from the put-in to the pull-out if you're getting a shuttle. So it's really in the middle of nowhere. You can't really get there from here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you found out uh, it's uh, maybe a little costly if you weren't planning on things like shuttles and everything else to make this happen. Oh, yeah. You're going to pay somebody $500 or more probably, well, definitely more, just to move your vehicle from one end to the other end. But it, it comes with the territory. This is a really exceptional place to be. This is untouched wilderness as it was when Lewis and Clark came. So it's going to be... You know, a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and my family together in this era when both his, their parents are healthy enough to join them. I mean, they're strapping young men who are very savvy with the river, so I'm going to try to keep my mouth shut because I've always been in charge, and I'm not anymore. Yeah, it's going to be a little different role for you. You're going to be cookie at camp, inst- or maybe just <laughs> entertainment around camp instead of leading this group. Absolutely. They're going to put me in a chair and say, don't talk too much, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not going to work. I can warn them about that right now. I can warn them about that right now. What do you know about the river right now? Well, the river is um, expected to be average. Uh, Their snowpack in that region was pretty average this year. Ours was exceptional. So you need to know we were one spot that really got hit, but not everybody got hit as well as we did. So they're expecting normal flows. Um, It's... uh, four and five white water almost every day and it's a hundred miles and it's seven days so it's going to be challenging and rewarding and everything in between which is the perfect the perfect adventure for my kind of a family this is a good sized group too isn't it well my boys they have some friends and they're bringing them and my wife and i are joining them and their girlfriends and their friends so i think it's 16 or 17 um that's six, maybe seven boats. Well, if I know, and I, I do know, uh, anything about the Navadomskis group, uh, there'll be some fishing along the way, although that doesn't sound like that's uh, the number one priority for this trip. Well, the river isn't known as, you know, a fishing destination, but you're absolutely going to fish. It's It's got West Slope cuts and cutthroat in general. It's going to be dry fly fishing, and I'll be on the oars because it's pretty rugged rowing. But there'll be ample time for sure, you know, to throw a rod. I mean, we're going to do that. Again, it's going to be dry. We're going to keep it on top. And the fish aren't large, but they're beautiful. What kind of uh, rafts or boats are you going to be in? Um, well, we I rented ours from the University of Utah, and I think they're ARS. They're high-end 16-footers, high float. Like I say, this is a lot of, lot of rugged rowing. This is serious rowing. Everything has to be tied down. In a way that if you flip, you're not going to lose your gear. So it's it's definitely high-end rowing. Um, you have to rig your boat in case it has to turn over. This is an international event, too. Did you say Yusuke is coming all the way from Japan for this adventure? <laughs> yeah, one of the greatest things that happened to my son at the University of Utah was he his roommate at the dorms was from Tokyo. 
and we have fallen in love with this kid. He is truly a part of our family. And whenever we do a big adventure, he flies in from Japan to join us, and it wouldn't be a trip without him. All right, so you're going to be on the water from when to when then? Yeah, I don't know days anymore because I'm retired. <laughs> I, fi- I figured you'd have to rub that in one more time for me. <laughs> I think it's Monday or Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. I don't know. It's next week, and we'll be gone for, well, in the whole trip to and from, it's going to be 12 days. Yeah. All right. Uh, it sounds like quite an adventure, and the fact that you get to do it with the boys and they get to do all the heavy lifting, I think, makes it perfect. Right. And I'll be on the set. You know, we'll definitely do some part of the show from that region. All right. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, getting those updates. So we'll share that with our listeners in the week ahead and uh, look forward to it here with the help of Sky Call. By the way, if you want to reach out to SkyCall for a, a sat phone or some of the other uh, tracking devices that they can help you with, you can always do that at 801-450-8317 or just look up SkyCall Satellite. I'm sure they'd be happy to help you out, and then we'll twist your arm a little bit to have you share your adventures with us here on the program. Going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have some news of the week for you. Uh, Navi will come back and give us some fish bites in the next half hour as well, so don't go away. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Just a couple of uh, news notes here, and then uh, in the next half hour, we'll get to fish bites with uh, Navadomskis. But I wanted to remind everybody, and uh, thanks to Faith Jolly over at the Division of Wildlife Resources for keeping us on top of all of this since July 4th has passed. Uh, the chance to apply for permits has opened up for things like cranes, grouse, or swans for the fall hunts uh, coming up. Qualifying to hunt most bird species in Utah is pretty simple. You buy a combination or a hunting license and head a field. However, some bird species all require also require a special permit in addition to the hunting license. We're talking about band-tailed pigeon, greater sage grouse, sharp-tailed grouse, sandhill crane tundra swan also is in there, and hunters should note that at uh, As of this year, it's illegal to harvest a trumpeter swan in Utah, so you need to make sure you're up to speed on uh, identifying the species in the field. Turkey and white-tailed ptarmigan uh, are also on this list. Permits for the greater sage-grouse, sandhill crane, tundra swan, and sharp-tailed grass are available through the Utah Hunt Drawing. You can apply for permits uh, right now, all the way through the 19th, for a chance to hunt these larger, unique birds in the fall. Uh, but there's lots of information available online. If you just want to go to wildlife.utah.gov, we just didn't want you to miss out on the opportunity here because it'll close again on the 19th for some of these things. But they are now open as of uh, the 5th of July. Also, I meant to mention this last week, great news for uh, boaters that uh, the Division of Wildlife has officially installed the second dip tank in Utah with the help of some partners, Clean Wake LLC and the Utah Division of State Parks, the new dip tank is located near the entrance of Utah Lake State Park, similar to the system at Lake Powell. It's free for boaters. The location of it, I know, is a bit interesting. It is to me anyway. And one of these days, I want to get Faith on to talk about why that became their second destination for a dip tank. This is, of course, to uh, help with uh, prevent the spread of invasive mussels. We know they aren't in uh, Utah Lake, but I guess they're just surmising that if you have had your boat down 
at Lake Powell and you didn't get it into a dip tank there, that maybe it would be worth it for you to uh, do that at Utah Lake while you have your boat down there. And they said rather than requiring personnel to climb around and under boats to manually spray hot water during inspections and decontaminations, this dip tank, and I posted a video on our uh, Facebook page, which is KSL Outdoors Radio. It's pretty cool. Uh, It allows you to back your boat into a 14-foot wide, 5-foot deep tank of 110-degree water to more effectively and thoroughly flush complex intake systems. The dip tank includes built-in guiding tracks to help you uh, back your watercraft in, and the filtration and pump system will turn over the water in the tank every couple of hours to keep it clean. The whole decontamination only takes about 5 to 10 minutes with this system. However, boaters should note that they need two people to use the dip tank, one person to drive the truck, another person to operate the boat. Uh, But it really is a revolutionary piece of equipment and something that they've had great success with the other location at Lake Powell. So now we've got one up here in the north. Uh, You may wonder what the heck that thing is the next time you head to Utah Lake to take a look at it. And then one more note. Uh, We told you last week or the week before that uh, the Narrows was open for the public, but I grabbed this headline on uh, KSL.com. It says, Popular Zion Trail open again but remains no walk in the park, according to Rangers, because the water is still pretty high. Uh, The uh, Narrows, uh, that walk through parts of the Virgin River, reopened on June 19th after the highest snow melt levels forced a two-month closure uh, that started all the way back the first week of April. And they uh, closed the route once the river reaches a flow of 150 cubic feet per second. Came pretty close to that. And uh, they want to make sure that it stays closed for at least 24 hours and as they monitor that. But we've got pictures, and there's one that you'll see if you go to our Facebook page, of somebody who's chest deep in the water, which... I've shared our experience, and I think we actually recorded several segments for the show. Was it last summer or the summer before that uh, Bob and Mark and I went down for that hike with my son and and my wife? And we were in, um, at times, knee-deep, maybe a little bit deeper than that. Never got waist-deep, but certainly most of the time it was uh, only to our calves. And that was a struggle to go four miles in and four miles back out. It's going to take quite a bit of energy to do it until that water drops a little bit. So keep that in mind if you're going to make your plans to go down. And look, I would never attempt to talk anybody out of the Narrows experience because it is unbelievable. And the pictures you'll get out of there will last you a lifetime. But uh, you do want to make sure that physically you're up for the challenge. And if you want to read more about it, you can go to to, uh, our Facebook page, which is just KSL Outdoors Radio. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more right after a news update here on KSL. Stay with us.